ice stage. Stop. Father, we come to you right now, Father. The sound of my voice, video of my face, Father. I ask you right now to bring the Holy Spirit into this message, Father. We ask you to, for the word to come alive and the Holy Spirit to let us know what you want us to hear in this message. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to open your word and read it and to be able to minister this and teach this across platforms. We ask you to lead, guide, and direct us so that we can understand you better. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good day, everybody. Good day. Good day. I hope everyone has had a good day today. Good day in the Lord, that's for sure. Whether we're catching you in the beginning of your day when you're getting up, stretching, cleaning, cleaned up for a day and having some breakfast or coffee, getting ready for a day of full errands or work or whatever it is you may be doing, or catching you halfway through your day when you're got some blessings, maybe gone through some trials, tribulations, but overall God has done some good stuff with you. You're listening to him making things work and you're getting through your midday madness. Or we're catching you at the end of your day when it's nighttime. Starting to calm down, starting to slow down, starting to have you know having some break, having some uh, dinner with your family, spend time with your kids, watch some TV. However, whenever we're catching you in your day right now, you are now tuned into the Blue Book, presented to you by C Rep Ministries, and hosted by your boy Blue. Get unified, guys, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Not only are we in the hot part of the year. But we're also seeing the continuation of protests, continuation of forward movement. We must not lent, relent. People at the protesting for equality within all mankind and the law needs to continuously be there because everyone deserves a fair shake. Everyone, law enforcement included, all fair shake. Everyone needs to be held accountable for what they do, regardless. And it's a wonderful thing when people get together, unite with no color boundaries, no religious boundaries, no anything. Just we're here to support each other and get equality for everyone. No matter what your background or preference is. Fantastic. Love it. Guys, I got something to tell you that's really important. I have recently um, have joined another church. 
Um, I've been there before, had great success there. Uh, left it honorably for an opportunity. The opportunity didn't work out. Haven't been back there since. This last Tuesday, I went back. Expecting and fulfilled. You gotta remember one thing. If a church you go to isn't Holy Ghost filled, if the Holy Spirit isn't moving, then it has to be questioned. Because that is the ultimate power from beginning to end with the Lord. Either the Lord, the Lord, our God, controls the universe. Jesus is God incarnate. The look is in the eye. Teach, lead, direct, guide. And then when he got baptized, Holy Spirit fell on him. And from then on, for three straight years, he performed miracles with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tore the veil when Jesus gave his life. And the Holy Spirit, 50 days after Jesus appeared and went to, back to heaven for the second time, the Holy Spirit came back and to be a driving force in Christianity. We, can, we as humans, we as God's children, we as believers with faith, as small as a mustard seed, as big as the earth, can perform miracles in His name through His power. Because we have that gift as believers. Theoretically, it's technically through baptism that you get not only baptized in the water, but get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And people just do not understand how powerful the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is so powerful that evil won't even cross its line. The thin Holy Spirit line you just don't cross. And not only do the believers know that you don't come come against the Holy Spirit, but Satan or the devil know as well. You don't come into the Holy Spirit. That is a, that is a strict no-no from even hell to touch. Okay. Today, we're focusing in the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Chronicles. Okay. But before we get all into that, we're going to do what we normally do at this time. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior whom kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life, liberty, to all those who believe. Beautiful. So we're going to be in the first book of Chronicles. So if you have your books, whether you're on technology or you have the great, wonderful Word of God itself, however you do it, open up to First Chronicles chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 12. Chapter 16, verse 12. First Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 12. Okay. Whatever version of the word you got, fantastic. We, not only do we work out of the Amplified, but that's what we do.
since we're talking about God and we're emphasizing it, we're going to actually amplify our experience tonight, today. There's a small thing called anointing oil. And anointing oil is very, very important when breaking bondage. Okay? You can find it at many Christian bookstores, online. There's many versions of it, different smells, different fragrances, whatever the case may be. But people ask me, what is anointing oil for? Well, one, it's a perfume. Okay? It smells really good. Um, but here at the Blue Book, we use frankincense and myrrh, which are two of the gifts given to Jesus when he was born. One was one, three, three of them. One was gold, which is a metal, precious metal, and two and three were frankincense and myrrh. Together, they make a powerful, powerful combination. Anointing oil is used to break yoke, to amplify the prayer, to bring you into the presence. Now, when you're praying for somebody in person, unless the person is 100% sold out on what you're actually doing and willing to open their spirit and their minds to whatever you're praying for them, regardless of what addictions, family issues, personal issues, work issues, whatever it is, they have to surrender to you, hands up, clothes, whatever, but willing to open their spirit so that you can do what you do. And that makes them very vulnerable because when your spirit is opened up, uh, anyone can put whatever they want there. So you got to be very careful of who prays for you. Not everyone can do that. But anointing oil is magnification. So what it does is it the, the aroma of what you're smelling in the prayer breaks designed to break the layer of yoke on that bondage so let's say you have a bondage of addiction no matter what addiction you have your addiction bondage what the oil does is it helps you through that addiction and it helps you focus on the Lord more in his, his presence so that you can be more open to the Lord the anointing breaks the yoke. So, what we're going to do tonight, today, is we're going to add that element to our prayer and our word. And see if that gives us some kind of more interpretation of what God's, God wants. You don't need a lot. Just need a little job. Okay. And when I do, just a little bit on my hand take it and I rub it in my hand like this. Now what it does is it makes that aroma go everywhere. And then my hands are ha have the blessing that breaks the yoke that sets you free. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to repray over the word with the yoke with the oil on my hands. Father, I ask you right now to come before us. Hora. And what I'm saying in my prayers, I'm asking God in 
glossalelica. What I'm trying to tell him is, God, I need you to bless the words so we understand what you want in us in a more direct and understandable way. That's what I'm saying in that language. Father, thank you, Father, for letting us have the word. Let us understand the word. Let me ask you just to come before us. Let us know. What I'm saying is, Father, please enhance this word and let us dive deeper in the meaning of what you want us to know through this passage. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. So. First Chronicles 16, 12 says this. Earnestly remember the marvelous deeds which he has done, his miracles and his judgments, his his uttered as in Egypt. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his works and his judgments of his mouth. We must truly understand how gracious God is. Okay? I know tons of you, countless of you, can look back in your life and say, Man, I should have been dead. I should have been in prison. I should have been here, there. And whatever else are the options that you could be but you're here and you have a reason to be here just because someone doesn't believe in God doesn't mean God isn't watching over you there could be your mother there could be your family of some sort there could be your friends praying for you that God keeps you because you're a good person at heart you just need to find your way in God's promise I know for me, yes, I was born again at 15, 1995, I was born again. But the problem with that was, is I was too immature to understand what that meant. Yes, I had my grandmother and I had others who counseled me. But the problem is, when you're that young, just like they don't consider you adult until you're 18, don't consider you a real full-fledged adult that can consume brain-altering stuff until you're 21, same thing should be for the Lord. Because honestly, as much as I knew about God at that time, I didn't know about God at that time. You have to go through certain trials and tribulations to understand what God is trying to tell you. Now, yes, I in, in 95, I went to a trip to, to uh, Tijuana. I had to rededicate myself to God. My grandma was a person back in the day that she was headstrong on me being very powerful in the church. And, um, you know, I moved quite quite quickly in the church when I was younger. Um, in the early days of my ministry, God really was doing some marvelous things with me and my family. But like anything else, once you lose focus of the word and of God, you start thinking all kinds of crazy things. You let Satan in and he starts doing all kinds of nonsense and you end up falling away. And that's what happened, not only to me, my family, but the church itself. You have to understand something very, very important. As good as God is, 
Satan's right behind you. He's right behind you, waiting for you to react. This is the thing. God is not a God of reaction. God is a God of deliberation. Okay, we react on emotion all the time. Because that's how we have been brain trained by society is react, react, react without thinking. And then we want to be forgiven and want to be understood because we reacted to an action that was not even a, a faith reaction to begin with. You see? So, when you react without thinking, you're not doing a purpose for God. Because it's not God, how God operates. He don't react. He knows he's not a reacting God. He's a thinking God. He he puts people in places for you so you can do, accomplish His will. Whether or not you're a believer or not is irrelevant. He get He gets His will done. So the most important thing to understand is how He does things, how He moves things, how He operates okay he needed to do certain things certain things needed to be done we have marvelous stories in the bible because of that uh less life lessons and and you know things that that just show you what mistakes were made how horrible people had to be and god still pulled these people into his kingdom and had them do good things for him that tells you right then there no matter how great your sin is you still can be used by god we put a scale of 1 to 10 on sin because that's how our liberty scale runs 1 to 10 misdemeanor to gross felony we look at things on a scale so we look at sin as a scale a lie cannot be that bad murder is horrible we make it look like that but that's not how God looks at it God looks at everything straight across the board you sin you sin you lie as bad as you murdering somebody you treat your parents wrong that's as bad as lying in his graph of scale but do you think you didn't get miracles when you didn't believe in God of course you did God created miracles every time you turned around with you a job that you wanted uh, your your family something happened in your family and you asked God for something and he made a miracle happen God makes things happen because that's going to be the best scenario and then you look back after everything's done and said you're like dude God's been with me the whole time well no doubt there's not one person that I can remember that didn't come to the altar or didn't come to the prayer to say the sinner's prayer that didn't say man I should have something should have seriously happened to me somewhere down the line but the miraculous marvelous works of God kept me to this moment and we're supposed to ignore that now God doesn't do wonderful things God is the one that blesses you Jesus is the example of how to overcome sin and to be a righteous person he's the example and he had an innocent blood he had to stay had to stay sinless to be able to be martyred for our sins and to be the savior he had to be if he sinned one time it would be completely gone 
He had to, uh, to establish that for us. Okay? God's the one that blesses us. Difference is, Holy Spirit's the one directing us. He's the one telling you the good and bads and giving you the choice. Holy Spirit more powerful than you think he is. But God blesses you. Money you have, car you have, house you have. You think God didn't open the door for that? Of course he didn't. But you must understand God is not a God is not a prosperous God. God is a very prophetic God. God's not interested in what you have. Jesus himself says, sell everything you have and follow me. Put your life down for your friend. Jesus is all about the ministry. All about saving souls to get to heaven. To be the, the savior. To understand everyone and to get you to a place where you like change your life for the better. Jesus is all about just, just grinding for God. That's all Jesus did. is grind for God. He put his life aside to grind for God and to, to save every single human being on this earth. And what do we do? Hustle. We forget who we are. We are driven on success or what we consider success. Financial gain prosperity of houses and cars and all this stuff that we're trying to get you spent all your life trying to get for like the 10 15 years maybe for lucky of actually enjoying it you wasted all those years fighting for that when that could be taken from you it's an endless road it's, it's a dead end road god wants you to do it for the glory of him all the marvelous works that God has done for you. It's unbelievable how much he's done for you. We sit back and go, okay. Thank you, God. Move on. You ever wonder what God's really thinking? Ever wonder what he's actually contemplating with you? When you wanted to take your own life? When you wanted to hammer that last beer? When you wanted to put that drug inside your arm or in your nose God's crying like God man really do you guys go through that but once you do it he finds a way to make it a good thing people are like okay well God made me that I got it made you do anything you do it yourself if you will what God does after you do it he finds a way to make a positive out of it if you choose to follow that leg walk in his promise that's all operational once again God made me do this. Oh, really? He made you do that? He put the needle in your arm? Your depression, your anxiety, or whatever you're going through made you feel like you need to do drugs. But what happens? After you do drugs, God finds a way to make it a positive so that if you look back at it, you can, look, you can thank God for your life still because you could have been dead doing that. Putting foreign stuff in your body. We have a lot to be grateful for. Because before Jesus, we were on our own. Even with Jesus 2,020 years ago, we still on our own before we get Christ. 
we just lucky we just very fortunate God cares enough about us to be able to keep us alive or moving until then some of us are not so lucky most of us are God is the only person on earth that can judge you only one because he made it he can judge you and he does he judges you when you feel conviction for something you did you think you ain't getting judged by God of course you are can, the thing is though with his judgment his burden is his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light yoke is easy burden is light yoke means the force of which you are dealing with something you're dealing with God so his yoke is easy that means it's not something you have to fight for too much and his burden is light which means that anything you deal with that hangs around because of him is not as heavy if with him uh, opposed to the world or society society tells you do this and then you got this thing hanging over your head and you're just, you're just losing your mind and it causes you to do things you shouldn't do you do things for God that pressure isn't on you pressure is on God and he knows he, he knows no defense so it doesn't matter He judges you. You did something you shouldn't do, he's going to light you up for it. In his way, however he does it. Everyone's different, so I can't even tell you how. He, I, I can tell you he does it for me. But I don't know how he does it for you or anybody else, because it's all different. You have different experiences. You, you talk to God differently. You see what I'm saying? So. Earnestly remember the marvelous deeds which he has done. His miracles and judgments he uttered. Remember what he has said to you because it is factual. Everything God said is fact. We cannot get around that. No matter what we say or do, research or analyze, we cannot get around God's miraculous works and his wonders. And God says something is fact. No matter how you cut it. You may not understand it, but where our, his understanding are is different, so it doesn't matter. NIV, NIV says it this way: Remember the one, the wonders of the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. ESV says it this way: Remember the the the, the wondrous works that he has done. His miraculous and judgments he uttered. KJV says, Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and judgments of his mouth. NASB says, Remember his wonderful deeds which he has done, his marvelous and his judgments of his mouth. NLT says, Remember the wonders of his that he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. And the CSB says, remember the, the, the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgments of, that he has pronounced. Never forget what God has done for you. Where you came from and where you're going. His works, his words, 
his judgments, don't forget him. Very horrible thing to forget something like that because God doesn't forget. And you shouldn't either. God's law is fact. No way around it. Can't get around that one. Guys, bottom line is is that once you realize what God has done for you and you are gracious upon what God has done for you, you will know that he exists and he is there and he has your best interests in mind. God makes no excuses. He just makes plans. Plans for you, plans for me, plans for everyone. You, the only way to figure out what God has for you is walking in his promise, and that is being born again. Born of the water, born of the spirit. Once you're cued in, and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, Everything starts unveiling to you. You start seeing everything. And you're going to be amazed at what God is doing. I'm amazed every day. I wake up in the morning. Go through my day. And then I'm done. And then I look at things like, holy cow. It's a marvelous thing what he does. To recognize it is the best part. Because then you see God actually working. You're like, oh, I made that decision. And look what God's done. It's wonderful, isn't it? Stay cued in what God's trying to do for you. It's a beautiful thing. Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you for the word of your knowledge, Father. To focus and remember your marvelous works that you do in our lives. From the minute we're born through, the, through our life until we actually realize that we need Jesus, your son. You have kept us from harm. You have blessed us. You have done things for us to recognize you. You have shown us such a beautiful time. And once we open our eyes to it, we see how wonderful it really was. And we are more than gracious. Most of us are gracious that you have kept us to meet your son. Father, we thank you for your blessings, for your wisdom for your word and that you continuously bless us as we walk in your promise thank you father all I'm saying is we thank you father earnestly for what you have said and done in your word and we continuously thank you for keeping us until we need more of you and we realize it and we move forward Father, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. There's nothing sweeter than acknowledging God. There's nothing even better than that than getting a son. And the best of all is the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge God. Thank Him. Talk to Him once in a while. You don't need, you don't need an appointment. You don't need to clear up nobody in the, in the office. Give him a talk. Let him know. Hey, I want more of you. I want to be baptized. I want the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to have that power that is always talked about in the blue book. A Pentecost is a beautiful thing. And God knows it. And his kids go bananas with it. 
is a free reign, no holds bar spirit that has helped create the earth, helped keep Jesus from sinning and have him create miracles to be our savior and is now here with us helping us do what Jesus did. It's a beautiful thing. God bless every single one of you. Fear, respect God. Follow Jesus and let the Holy Spirit run through flow through you like a Russian river. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> Until next time. Jesus. Strong. Yeah, right?